0: It's hour five of the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan as the Metroplex cooling off a little bit. The temp now in the mid-50s coming to low low 50s here in the next hour. We do have Matt Hicks talking Rangers baseball coming up with you in 20 minutes. We're 20 minutes from Hicksey. He's going to talk some Rangers uh, with you live from surprise. We'll be in surprise Sunday afternoon slash evening, getting ready to cover spring training with you next week. It's always a great week because we'll be at spring training, covering all that, talking to the players, talking to everybody. And also you have the combine and NFL free agency really heating up. So to me, it's, it's one of the best weeks of the entire year. A couple of weeks really uh, coming up here. Okay. Mavs back in action tonight. That's a piece as well. We're going to go a little around the Mavs here with you. Um, Callie Kaplan article, top five things to watch in the final 32 games. But I think the first thing I want to chat with you guys is how much better do you think the Lakers are going to be? Right before the All-Star break, they had a big win against the Pelicans. They beat them 120-102. to The offense was in rhythm, and the defense was nasty. They've upgraded their athletes. they got two legit bigs now. Um, and maybe a little bit of addition by subtraction is the storyline. Lakers three and a half games behind the Mavs, by the way, who are sitting in the sixth seed. So the Lakers have big aspirations to to not only make a run for the playoffs, but maybe even avoid the play in is their city goal there by the coach, Darvin Ham. What do you think, Wolchuck? Chuck?
4: Yep. I think they're going to be considerably better. I think you get addition by subtraction with the loss of Westbrook. I think that's just, they're going to play some galvanized basketball because of that. I think you're going to get a LeBron James that is on a mission to avoid the play-in tournament. I don't know that they're going to necessarily be able to jump up to the sixth seed to do that. I think they're still going to end up being around the seven at best. But I think you're going to see a Lakers team that ends up making a strong push here towards the back half of the season. I think Sunday's game is going to be a big one. The tickets for that one at the American Airlines Center, Mavs and Lakers. We talked with Tim Bontemps earlier. That one's going to be an ABC game for the ESPN Showcase. That's going to be a fun one. You're going to have Kyrie versus LeBron, Luka, of course, and Anthony Davis. Yeah, it's, y- huge. it's going to be star power, but I do think you're going to see a much improved Lakers team here down the stretch. Darvin Ham has been talking about it as well. I think they're going to try and play uh, some more improved defense, the addition of Rui Hachimura, uh, D'Angelo Russell as well. Yeah, they're going to be in better position than they were – prior to the all-star break and there's so many storylines that come off that uh
0: Brian like you know could the Lakers be so good down the stretch that Kyrie it's almost a no-brainer that he wants to go there like right now a big reason he would want to stay with the Mavs is are the Lakers just going to deteriorate into further crap and you don't want to be part of a team completely falling apart and you know uh the next two to three years right in the middle of your prime so, if the Lakers can stabilize, if they could go on like a stretch where they're winning 8 out of 10 for the final 30 games of the season, I think that's huge. So, you might not just be playing the Lakers for playoff positioning, but also for the inside track on keeping Kyrie.
1: I think the Pelicans went out and had a team dinner the night before the uh, game against the Lakers. They just all went out and got hammered. Ooh! Because if you look at what the Lakers have done before that game, it really, they've, they've given up a ton of points. Even up like 126, 127, 133. This this team, it, it really it is what it is. I I don't see them. I I, I kind of feel like that that was whatever you want to call it, maybe a mirage or whatever you want with that. Game. I against like the Pelicans. I think the Lakers are who they are. I, I think they give up. You know, uh, you know Tim Boatimes was talking about that. You know, the whole thing. You don't trust anybody in the West and. He mentioned about the Lakers and all this coming back and all. I, I don't see them. I don't see them getting any better. I don't I don't feel like that they're going to be a team that's going to turn things around. Uh and I I can kind of anticipate them coming in town and on a 2:30 game giving up a bunch of points. Mavericks probably giving up a bunch of points. Probably be an entertaining game, but uh, the Lakers as far as that goes, the, the 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 evidence is there. Just go game by game by game this season and that that tells you the story.
0: Yeah, it does. You know, I, it's funny, though, after the All-Star break, teams, especially veteran teams, can change their identity. They can get more focused. And addition by subtraction is a real thing. I think Russell Westbrook really took them out of their comfort zone offensively. And I'm not a Russell Westbrook hater, at least not anymore. You know, I, I think he is a terrific player that needs to be the primary ball handler on a team full of good shooters and rebounders for himself. And as that guy, I think he could be very, very impactful. But as a member of the Maver- uh, or of the Lakers, you know they 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 were you know too busy trying to figure out who was going to be that guy, and I think it really took away from their on court chemistry. I kind
1: of feel like though that you'll know about the Lakers coming out of the break and really what they're going to be. They play like the, they play Golden State twice. They play Memphis twice. They got Dallas.
0: Ooh, they're going to have to earn it
1: five of the next seven days yeah. or so. It's going to be I think a little bit difficult for them to have to deal with this. And then we'll be, and then like all the, uh, and all the, the, these, these shows that we have on our TV screens, we'll all be talking about the Lakers and you know, what's next, you know, what's next here. I, I think this is an important stretch I wonder, stretch for them. If they're going to do anything, but it's against some difficult teams. You know, we, we're talking a
4: lot about Kyrie going to LA with LeBron. And this is, this is just reckless, but if things just get so bad in LA, why the hell would LeBron want to stay there? Mm-hmm. Like LeBron's given the Lakers more leeway than he's given any other stop that he's been at. I think it's
0: because his quality second son life. has has
4: two years of school left. Yeah, quality of Price. life. Yeah, and I understand yeah. that. I mean, that's such a destination being in L.A. I get point, it. It's
1: it's it's my man is a businessman to heart. Sure. I mean, if you look at all his production companies, right. and you know everything that he's around is centered around and, L.A. And that's, right. That's, that's not why centered. he wanted to go there. Yeah. It's not. He, he, Fun LeBron was in Miami. But from a basketball perspective, that
4: is an organization that is failing right now. Oh, absolutely. It is not well constructed. Absolutely. They're just churning through head coaches. I bet most people couldn't name who their head coach is.
1: You know, I I think to to your point, I think LeBron early in that Laker marriage and stuff, what he went through, they won the championship in the bubble and all that. That was spectacular how they did that. But I think now that LeBron, that people are being so critical of him about like him the moves and if I don't if I don't like a guy, he's gone that kind of thing. I don't think he wants to in this point in his career. I don't think he wants to be that guy anymore. Yeah. I think he's kind of stepped back and said, "Listen, I've effed up enough trying to help everything. I need to step back, and I don't need to complain. I don't need to be sulking at uh, media opportunities." You know. Well, he's lost his hammer. Yeah. He won't
0: leave. Yeah. He would also say, do this or I'll leave. Right. Mm-hmm. Do this and I'll come. He doesn't want to leave Los Angeles. He doesn't want to leave. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's you know, it's kind of showing what happens when a team knows you won't leave. You know, you kind of lose your hammer. Next thing you know, you don't get Kyrie Irving.
4: I was just trying to sell something where it's like, look, he's talked about how much he loves Luka. Yeah. He does. I love that and story. And you've line. already got Kyrie and Luka here. Yeah.
1: You want to play with Kyrie, you love Luka. Come to well, Dallas, LeBron. Well, if you're if you're LeBron, maybe you could talk Kyrie into staying, and saying, "Hey, listen, here's my plan. You go ahead and sign with Dallas. I'll show up and play." That's fun know. one.
0: You know? I, 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 You can't to- totally rule it out. I think the Suns, and you see, we were just talking about it earlier, how involved he is in, in actively making the Suns a part of the decision-making in his life, designing his shoe, deciding yeah. when he was going to go for Kareem's record. Right. I, I think the relationship there and him mentoring those guys on a daily basis is really important. You don't want to miss any games of your kids' high school careers because you get a very finite amount of them. And that makes tons of sense. Yeah, and so maybe if LeBron still hooping his balls off in two years, you know, when he's 40. Uh, It could make sense, but right now I think he wants to line it up like uh, Papa Ball did, you know, uh, trying to get all three sons playing for the Lakers. You know, this would be him and his two sons. Cali Kaplan Morning News, five storylines to watch. Strength of schedule, their remaining opponents have a 466 winning percentage. It includes three against San Antonio, including tonight, which lost 14 straight going into the break. And now Charlotte and rebuilding Indiana. The closest three teams ahead of them in the West Standings, Kings, Clippers, and Suns, will face the fourth, fourth, second, and sixth hardest remaining schedules, respectively. Guys, we could be looking at a three seed still. We can't rule that
1: out. Uh, You know, I'd, I'd like to believe that. But, man, when is this team, every time, and maybe it's different now that Kyrie's involved, but man, remember this before when it was like team missing X players and team not very good and team playing on the second night of a back to back, And And then you're you know you're like the final score for you know double A C Mavs take another tough one. You know you're like Orlando, damn it, Detroit. Damn it, what are you doing? Name yeah. the you know this is an easy but win. There was there was a time though where I remember the seven game run where they had before they went on the road on that West Coast swing where there were some easy games and they did take care of business that way. Yeah. So I. I don't know if you could trust this team all the time. I don't think so either. But then with Kyrie, you can trust it a little bit more.
0: This this year has been so disappointing because I thought they would be focused and they'd be taking the next steps, and it's mm-hmm. just been one dysfunction after another. I mean, they got to win out to get to 53 wins. It's just crazy how you know disappointing this year ha- has been, and they're probably looking at a 45-46 win season realistically. Luka and Kyrie Irving for real is storyline number two. Uh, the next few weeks will be crucial to watching and analyzing how this uh, pairing uh, goes into the playoffs and potentially beyond. You know, you had uh, Luka hurt and then Kyrie took the final game off. So we haven't had much of an opportunity to evaluate how these guys are going to work together.
1: Haven't won together, right?
0: No, no. Owen won. one. It's just the one game, right? Yeah, or did yeah. it go 0-2? I think
1: they're 0-2.
0: Okay. Third storyline, defense, defense, defense through 60 games. The Mavs rank 24th in the NBA, allowing 115 points per 100 possessions. All six teams worse than that are currently out of playoff or play in tournament positions. So this defense is just not sustainable. I talked about earlier, I, I, think, I think Jason Kidd has acknowledged they just don't have the personnel for it and is hoping to outscore teams.
1: You said something interesting earlier, though. That do you feel like that that Jason Kidd like is uh, like he's just mad at the front office?
0: I I think he's just expressing himself. I don't know if mad is the right word, but in when he's when he was in Brooklyn, he wanted full control. Yeah, and that's why they were even though he had a good second year, I think coaching the Nets, they were like, you can go in Milwaukee. Was like, we'll take him immediately. But he wanted more control in Brooklyn and the front office was not. So to me, that shows that he's an opinionated guy. And around the trade deadline, when you lose what they lost and you don't replace Dorian Finney-Smith and you make yourself worse on defense with Kyrie Irving and you don't trade away Christian Wood, um, you know, I I think he was looking at it and shrugging his shoulders at the front office, not the players he applauded the players effort when they gave up 118 against Denver which was way too many damn points but he's like they're trying their hardest I think is what he's trying to tell us the front office has strapped me with a team that can execute my vision for the identity and I think it could be a healthy working relationship and you still be frustrated with what your uh you know colleague has done to your roster essentially I uh I I think he's he's pushing for a much more blue collar type team they couldn't make it work with his vision so you know the roster very much a work in progress welcome back maxi kleba
1: speaking to the
4: defense yeah i mean amen to that they need him desperately
1: yeah but they don't know when it's true Still don't That's, know when don't know when i mean talking to people over there he did some work uh practice work but he, no real contact they really, I, I don't think they have a real timeline on yeah, that. Yeah, he Maybe ruled out in, Sunday. Unless anything changes, we'll see what happens next week. But the kind of the vibe I got talking to people at the, with the Mavs, it's, yeah, we, we just don't know, Brian. We don't know when mm-hmm. that's gonna, that day's coming back.
0: Well, that's tough, but uh, it, it should give them an opportunity, at least with Josh Green, Bullock, Kleba you can put three good defensive players on the court. Can that be a closing lineup? Can that be a all oh, hell they're tearing us up type of lineup? Can that be your, you know, your your top guys and we'll, we'll hope um right now Christian Wood is just a savant offensively. How bad defensively do you have to be if you're putting up these numbers and you're only playing 27 minutes? 52 from the floor, 38 from 3. You know, his catching and finishing in the paint, his two point percentage is is so dang good um and you know he's only started a few games all year it's clear the coaching staff isn't a big fan of him and i don't think there's anything you can expect now in these remaining games of the season that is going to change that i think we're watching the end of, of christian Woods' yeah, map stint. You,
1: you are and you know and I, I there's another one of those guys that you ask about in, in, you know basketball brian you know learning along the way but you know kind of watching these games every night i'm like hey he looked like cw was okay uh, i missed five pick and roll defenses yeah. You know, or, you know, and you're like going, what? Yeah. No, it looked like he played okay. Well, you know, he's shooting the ball okay, but yeah. we, we need him on this end of the floor to do this or so that. You're like going, oh, okay. I, I think that they are just. I think he's auditioning for people. If you watch at point in times of the game, it's kind of like he's like, I'm going to drive this ball. I'm going to shoot this ball. I'm not interested in passing it to you here. That kind of thing. Keep
0: myself fresh so I can have good energy for I, offense. I think that's. Yeah.
1: I think that's kind of where you know, we're at right and that's now. what
0: guys on loser teams do. He said he wanted to prove he could be a good player on a good team. Yeah, and he's he's doing the loser player thing on a team in a push to make the playoffs. For a lot of the teams that are paying attention, that's going to be disappointing, and no good team will well, want to yeah, sign it's him. Disappointing man, yeah. you're
4: sixty games in, and you're not on a loser team. Yeah. That needs to have changed, and if yeah. it hasn't changed now, that's not ever changing, and that's exactly why you don't sign the guy.
0: He'll end up signing with one of the worst five teams in the game, and they'll be happy that he could put on a show for the fans and score 20 You know, as they're trying to buy time during the middle of the rebuild. That's what he is now, a, a buy-time, entertain-the-fans-while-we-rebuild type of player. It's time to talk with Matt Hicks, uh, part of the Rangers play-by-play team and great analyst and uh, heck of a guy. He joins us next to talk some Rangers live from Surprise here on The Fan. welcome back nation segments brought to you by soda that's state-of-the-art texas rangers radio announcer matt hicks with you here on 105.3 the fan live from surprise arizona and a good evening sir how the heck are you
5: doing well how are you guys doing
0: we're doing great is it warming up out there yet
5: no uh. <laughs> yeah. it was a little it was a little chilly this morning when uh, when jacob Degrom was taking his uh, first uh a bullpen session, and there were quite a few media there, and, and a lot of fans as well. I think it was about 47 degrees when that was going on. Wow! And I think I think the high today got up to around 55 or 58 something, and it's uh, it's cooling off as the sun is starting to set right now. So,
0: yeah, we were there a couple of weeks ago for Super Bowl, and I I made a huge mistake. I was underprepared when I got to the desert. I will not do that again uh, this week. <laughs> Appreciate the update. Is is there? Can Can you tell us how how Degrom looked? Was there anything that jumped out to you?
5: Not really, because the the angle at which we had we were probably standing maybe about sixty to seventy feet from him, but it was a side view, so you really couldn't tell a whole lot other than he was you know throwing his pitches and at the at the the catching end where Jonah Heim was, um, they do have these little tiny wires that indicate the top and bottom of the strike zone. So I don't know if he was throwing strikes, but I can tell you he was throwing between those two wires, and so I'm. I'm pretty sure he was throwing some strikes, but it's hard to tell from that side view just exactly you know how uh how good that he was and then I didn't get a chance to uh, listen to him speak afterwards i had to to get moving to another part of town so
1: hixie when uh you know this is the first time we've had a chance to talk to you uh going into the season when all this was going down with the signings and stuff like that, what was your your reactions what were you like, oh my gosh, would they just do kind of a thing or how did how did you respond when uh, when you heard all this news?
5: Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> every time. Yeah, you know I think that uh, you know one last year when uh, it was announced uh, in the off season about the the signing of Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager, you're like, okay, this is a bold step forward. This really is a big step, but there wasn't much that was done on the pitching side of things. And if you're if you're going to compete in the major leagues, and especially if you're going to compete in our division, with Houston and Seattle, you know, still being really strong and with the Angels, you know, adding more offense, if you're going to compete in this division, you have got to have quality pitching and certainly with what the Rangers went out and got in the offseason, we have that quality pitching. Now, of course, the question is, will uh, most of those arms, will most of those guys stay healthy and will they be able to, you know, produce at a level that that people have come to expect from them?
1: Hixie, I, I was—I learned this from Zach today, or actually a couple of days ago, not today—that you're like an authority on the baseball rules. This is true, Hixie. You know this to be true. And so I'm—I'm I'm fascinated because I'm fascinated with officials in the NFL myself. But I was wondering, what what are your, What is your take then on all the new rules in baseball?
5: Well, Zach is being rather kind. Oh, um, stop it! I, I I do have I. <laughs> I always carry a rule book with me and um, it's not that I have it memorized, but at least I know where to go when something uh, crops up so that I can uh, read it quickly and refresh my mind and relay that to the listeners. And interesting that you asked that question about the changes coming up because I just got back uh, to the home here uh, after attending a meeting uh, with Major League Baseball addressing uh, broadcasters in both radio and television today uh, about these uh, new rules changes, and uh, it was it was an enlightening experience. I learned a few things today. Um, most of it related to the new pitch clock uh, and how that is going to be implemented and how it is going to be enforced. and uh, a little bit on the um, banning of the shift and what that entails. And uh, also um, you know, there were a few other things that were tossed in there, including you know, the new sizes of the bases and how that uh, plays out, and then some some information related to uh, how all of these uh, changes played out recently in the minor leagues, and what to expect. And I guess the biggest thing from all of this uh, really relates to the pitch clock, and how in the minor leagues uh, last year, I guess, the average game time was somewhere around two hours and 40 minutes, Mm. which would be significantly less than what the average game time was in the big leagues last year. I think in 2021, the average big league game time was 3 hours and 11 minutes, and last year it was down to 3.07. But they, really, the major league officials really believe that the pitch clock and the enforcement of all the rules surrounding it, not just for the pitcher but for the batter as well, um, will, will chop off 20, 25 minutes per game, which is obviously something that they want to achieve and something that fans want to see.
4: Do you like the the changes that they've implemented?
5: So I certainly like the pitch clock. I think if you were to ask me six, seven years ago, if I was a pitch clock fan, the answer would have been a definitive no. But as games have continued to, uh, in some cases, drag on, you know, a, a six to five game that takes three hours and 20 minutes that's full of excitement and full of drama to me is not a drag. But we've seen quite a few games that have been, you know, 13 to five, you know, one way or the other, and they go three and a half hours, and you're like, oh, my gosh, when will this ever end? So I am definitely in favor of the pitch clock and everything surrounding how they plan to enforce it. Um, Here last year in the minor leagues where it was used, it was a 14-second clock for the pitcher with nobody on base and a 19-second clock with men on. In the big leagues this year, they've added a second to those, so it'll be 15 seconds for the pitcher with men not on base, and 20 seconds when there are, are runners on base. And so, um, I think it's going to uh, really give a real feel of kicking up the pace beyond what anything uh, baseball has done at the major league level to this point.
4: Hicksey, uh, we haven't gotten to talk with you since the addition of Robbie Grossman, and I know a lot of fans uh, might, if, if they didn't know that the Rangers made that addition, they didn't add a ton of bats. Really, the focus was the pitching staff and the rotation. What do, what do you think he can do for the Rangers offensively this year?
5: Well, Grossman's a player, but, I mean, there are so many guys here in camp. I think we currently have 71 guys in camp for a total of 26 spots. So, you know, I, I, I certainly don't think that, that that Grossman has a lock on that left field position. Uh, you know, the Rangers also have Clint Fraser in camp, mm-hmm. um, and there's you know he was last year he's had injury problems here the last few seasons, but you know he had he showed some flashes during his time with the Yankees. And last year he spent a little time with the Cubs, so I, I think that there's definitely going to be competition for that spot. But Robbie Grossman's always been one of those guys that has just been a gamer and a really tough battler at the plate. He also gives you some quality defense. So, you know, it, it may have been one of those signings that goes under the radar, but it's a signing that might prove very beneficial if indeed Grossman ends up landing that starting left fielder's position.
0: Matt Hicks here with you on your Home of the Rangers, 105.3 The Fan. Matt, player for player compared to Houston, how much is this team lacking when you think about up and down the roster?
5: Well, that's a, that's a good question. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it'll, a lot of it depends upon how well the starting rotation does this year. If, if the rotation lives up to full expectations, then I think the Rangers aren't far off from where the Astros are. The Astros have an outstanding starting rotation, um, and they really don't have uh, too many holes in their lineup when you consider a guy like a Jordan Alvarez. He is an elite designated hitter and there aren't a whole lot of guys that really compare to him. So, um, you know, you can go, you know, position by position. They just added Jose Abreu, you know, to their roster at first base. And so there's just so much quality on that Houston team. I think this off season, I think the Rangers made strides in catching up to that. Um, We'll just have to play the games to see exactly how close we are.
1: Hixie, oh yeah, go ahead. Go, no, go for it, Brian. Hixie, I was going to ask you though, and maybe it's a it's a very very small sample size, but do you detect a different vibe within the the you know when you're going to and you're going to watch these the guys work or or meeting with people you know in the organization is there a is there a different vibe maybe a sense of urgency is that fair to say or is that uh, is kind of off base there.
5: Well, I don't, it's probably not fair for me to answer that question since I didn't get into town until late last night. I was only at the complex for a little bit today, but I can tell you from when I was at the complex today, I don't, I don't know if like they sent out a memo uh, to everybody, but everybody was smiling. Oh, like everybody (laughs) that was a player in uniform had a big smile on their face. Even the coaches had smiles on their faces. Bruce Bochy had a smile on his face today. So. Mm. Um, I, I really can't speak to the uh, to the, the culture or the vibe in the clubhouse, but it seems like everybody's pretty happy right now.
0: Are there any players getting buzz about a, maybe a breakout coming up here? Who, who are the hot uh, hot young players? Uh,
5: you know, that's, uh, that's one thing that I think uh, we're going to find out as uh, the first few weeks of spring training play out. There are a couple of guys that are supposed to pitch in the uh, spring training opener tomorrow that could have some buzz around them. One of them is Owen White. Um, who was a a second-round pick of the ball club, and he had a great season last year, mostly at high A, but a little bit at double A. And uh, everything you hear about Owen White is just thumbs up, Uh, uh, perhaps even the top uh, pitching prospect in the organization right now. Mm. I don't think that Owen White makes the opening day roster because, again, last year I think his experience at the double A level was only four games. Um, so I would expect to see him start the season either at double A or maybe even triple A. But he's a guy who certainly uh, could provide some buzz here in spring training and a guy who at some point in 2023 uh, might make his way uh, into the big leagues. He's supposed to be one of the guys pitching tomorrow, as is a guy named Chase Lee, who is different. Uh, Chase Lee is one of these side armors, almost submarine type guy uh, who doesn't throw very hard. Um, but he baffles opposing hitters. And if I'm not mistaken, Lee last year had success at the double-A level, had a little bit of a rocky time at the triple-A level. But from what I'm hearing, there's a chance that if he does well in spring training, that he might end up, you know, cracking uh, the opening day uh, roster because he's just such a different type pitcher and one that a lot of big league hitters don't get a chance to see. And so, I know he's supposed to pitch uh, tomorrow. Glenn Otto uh, is going to pitch tomorrow. Glenn's kind of, you know, a guy that – you still there? Oh, we, got we got you, Matt. We got you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Glenn's a guy who, um, you know, pitched, real. I think, at, very well at times last year for mm-hmm. the ball club. But then, um, you know, because of all the off-season acquisitions, he now slots as your number six or seven or eight. Uh, starting pitcher, I think there's a real good chance that Glenn makes the club out of spring training, but as a middle to long relief guy, I believe he's supposed to start the game tomorrow against Kansas city. And, um, you know, another guy that uh, we'll see that we got to see in the second half of the season last year, coming back from Tommy John surgery, former, uh, closer, Jose Leclerc is supposed to pitch tomorrow. Uh, and we'll see if he's got, um, you know, any kind of, uh, anything lively to offer uh, for us to see tomorrow. But these are things, these are the kinds of questions that play out, you know, during the early uh, portion of spring training, there are always guys that kind of open your eye. I can remember a few years ago, maybe more than a few years ago now, when um, before uh, Rugnet Odor um, had played any big league games and he got to play a lot of second base early in spring training. And I remember just everybody talking about this guy looks like he belongs in the big leagues and he hadn't played in a big league game yet. So, you know, that's what we look for uh, early in the spring to see if any any of those guys are the guys that kind of step up and make people take notice.
4: Well, it was fun to see the, uh, the players do a little getting to know you with some questions on a chalkboard. Of course, Jared couldn't help himself. He got into the act, posted it on Instagram, you know. But Jacob DeGrom put he didn't have a childhood hero growing up as none. And that kind of went viral on social media. Is that an issue? Does he have a lack of personality, Hicksie? And do you, or did you, have a childhood hero growing up?
5: Okay, so a couple of things there. I don't know how much time you have left in the segment. but For a you all the time. Number, number, number one, um, my wife is to blame here a little bit um, because uh, my wife loves stuff like this. And she saw that the Rangers had posted some stuff from the guys, like a first day of school type thing. And she knew that I was coming out here yesterday. And and so she immediately, like, did some screenshots and sent them to both Jared and me and said, you guys have got to do this. (laughs) So I I think that maybe is more my wife saying you've got to do it. And so I ended up doing it today. And I, I sent out a tweet. I heard about Jacob not putting down a childhood hero. I haven't had a chance to talk to the guy at all. Um, you know, we had a, a, an autograph signing not too long ago at the uh, Globe Life and, and I didn't get a chance to meet him then. Didn't get a chance to meet him today. I'm sure I'll meet him here in the next uh, day or two. So I really don't know, you know what kind of personality he has other than what I've heard people say is that he's got a very uh, outgoing and, and he's a very personable guy. So um, I, I wouldn't let one tweet uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, characterize who he is and 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 my childhood hero if you want to take a look at my tweet i grew up in washington dc and i grew up rooting for the senators the team that eventually became the rangers and when i started becoming a fan at around the age of six or seven the guy who was the big guy and the man for that washington senators team was frank howard yeah Uh, a larger than life figure who stood six eight six nine weighed about 260 265 pounds um And uh, later in life, uh, when he was a coach in the Atlanta Braves minor league system, uh, I got to actually meet him and interview him when I was in the minor leagues. It was a a real thrill for me. Uh, He's such an old school guy. It was so funny getting a chance to to meet him and talk to him. Um, But yeah, so Frank Howard would have been my childhood hero.
0: Matt, appreciate you as always. We look forward to seeing you out there next week.
5: Sounds good. Have a safe uh, trip out here, guys.
0: Yes, sir. Will do. There he is. Matt Hicks already in surprise and covering the team expertly. First game of spring training tomorrow and first game of the uh, regular season just over a month away now here on your home of the Rangers. We're very excited. It's uh, it's time now to mix with the Get Right. See what Reggie and, and KG have cooking for you next on 105 Through the Fan. Welcome back. It is the G Back Nation here on 105 Through the Fan. We're working out some bet payoffs for tomorrow. Now, of course, I'm going to do uh, Wolchuk's mom has got it going on, and we'll call her for about five minutes or so. Thank
4: you for changing that wording up for me. Yeah, you got it, buddy. Yeah,
0: and uh, brought us. You know, he's been dragging his feet all week long. I, I think he's got like some bet payoff PTSD here and just can't focus. Can't focus in the
1: moment. Okay, can we? Can you text in and tell me which one that you would rather me do? Okay, I'm okay. down. I'm down to two. I'm down to two. I'm not doing the Chris Arnold vacation one where I put zinc on my nose, and I don't blame shirt. you. I'm not yeah. doing that one. Nobody wants to All see right. that. It's down to two. I'll let the, I'll let the the Tolo's vote for me. Okay. Do I wear a foam finger the whole show? Like you know, the big foam finger. Wear yeah. that number one foam finger whole show. Can't take it off. Can't take it off. Got it. You know, I might have to use a computer. Might have to figure out with the foam finger how it works. Yeah. Okay. Or or you guys get to slam an egg on my head. Either the hard boiled one or a raw one okay. and i don't
0: get to touch the egg okay dot fan text at 877-881-1053 yeah. all four of us if carter five five eggs on top five of the head eggs okay Ooh. crack crack uh cracking eggs on your head broadest omelet style here okay or the foam finger
1: yeah vote on that okay vote at on. 877 okay. so each guy gets to crack one egg crack one egg
0: yeah it's or egg. maybe maybe throw
1: an egg yeah
0: but I mean, the egg goes away. You'll be done in. You'll be done in a few minutes. Yeah, you that's just clean say. yourself off. Yeah. You're
4: good to go. Can yeah. I, Can I? Right, I and I, even I, down on two, you could get in the shower if you wanted. No, no, no. I've got to. I've got to have the remnants on me. Oh, the whole you want? Time. That's right. I love this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Text in. Okay. Got as, two foam finger votes. One raw egg head.
0: As the the get right with uh, Reggie and KG saunter into the studio now. Reggie Atatula with us. Uh, and good evening, sir. How you doing?
2: I'm doing all right. Um, Apparently better than the broadest, but uh, doing yeah. all right. Yeah, 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 it's all good, man. Yeah,
0: you'd be you'd be wise to not involve yourself in uh, bet payoff hijinks like this. We've roped ourselves into it. Now the audience expects it, right? And <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna carry this into the playoffs. Now, which one of those two would you rather see Brian do? Uh,
2: I kind of want to see Foam Finger. I kind like I, I kind of like that as a long time because it feels five like- five hours with the foam finger. Yeah, on. It's, it sounds like oh man, that's easy. Like I was starting to really get concerned when you were discussing the idea of the foam finger holding that arm up the whole time. Yeah. Be
4: tired. It's tired
2: right now. Five five. Yeah, that takes me back to like my times when I would be on punishment and my mom would make me like hold a book. And oh. you're like, all right, I'm gonna hold a book, and then after a while, like you, are sitting here an hour late, and you're like yeah. boo hooing because you're like, my arms. I are negotiated.
1: Dry, I just put
0: oh. book down? No, I negotiated the during
1: the breaks. I could put my arms down, but like during the during the, I have to hold it up. You yeah, know? for have a 15 see. minute segment, you're up.
0: Who well, I like this eight one seven. Give me raw egg the entire show. What if we could just come by and crack an egg on your head at any time? Oh, you have no just warning? at random. Yeah. Oh wow. That's fun. You never know when it's going to happen. You never gonna gonna know gonna what's going to happen it. on the webcam. That's good. So, so,
1: yeah. so, so, raw egg surprise. Raw egg surprise. I love it. That's a good bet oh, payoff. So, each surprise. one of you get an egg. Yep. Each one of you get an egg, and you just get to crack it on, on top of my head anytime yeah. you want. And oh, really the whole show, problems. you're
0: like checking your back, and the moment you relax, boom, you got God. Okay. I like that. That's All a good right. payoff. I don't think we need any more voting. One, I'm with it? you on this. Spittle's not going to say anything about that as long as don't we don't make
1: the well, floor well, well, I'll, bring, I'll, bring a, I'll bring a sheet or something okay. or a tarp or something we can put under my chair. I like it. it ask
4: forgiveness, not permission. Well, know? when you got the top afternoon and night show, I think that we can get us Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah, guys. Yeah, you got that a is, heck of a job. That is
4: true. Great listen. Great yeah. listen.
0: I mean, the, the show is terrific. It's not an accident at all. I appreciate that. Favorite thing to do on a flight to pass the time. We're heading to Surprise, Arizona here coming up on on Sunday. It's only a two-hour and if, if that guy catches a a, a, a little bit of a, a jet stream or whatever, he'll make that an hour and 40 minutes. So you, you have time for a short movie, maybe a little book reading. What's your favorite thing to do on a flight, KG? Sleep. Oh, yes. Okay, if you can't sleep, right? Um, I take usually, his annex and then sleep. <laughs> no, right. That's right. I usually zone out with my music. I'll just get to – I have a certain, like, playlist I've created just for, like, you know, long drives or flights and stuff like that, and I'll just put that on and zone out a little bit. Guys,
2: no, knowing what you know about me, I'll answer your question with a question. What do you think I do on a,
0: on a flight? You memorize words from the dictionary <laughs> and thesaurus. <laughs> no,
2: I read a Practice book. Practice your SAT That's test? Right. That's right. No, I'll read a book. Whatever I'm reading, it's a great because I I mean I find such a hard time to like find time to read books. So it's yeah. like, all right, this is built in.
1: Okay, Rich, yeah. you're the guy that I sit next to on the plane that has the book. You're immediately putting off the vibe, don't talk to me because I got the book.
2: Um, I might be. I like I'm not really paying that much attention as to what's happening. If somebody wants to talk, I guess. Yeah. But
1: for the most time for the most part, I'm like, yo, I'm not I let see you somebody be. I see somebody with a book, I think they immediately say, Don't talk to me. Yeah. Don't ask me any questions. Don't
0: trying to get through a couple hundred pages here. Yeah, before- don't don't ask me don't <laughs> right. ask me
1: what the, if the book's any good. You know? I mean, I'm
2: not gonna be unkind if somebody decides to talk to me. Yeah. Mm. I think that's really the thing. I know some people are like, I have this book because I do not want to talk to you. You I'm fine if you talk to me.
0: I just would prefer to get into my book. You want to talk to everybody, Brian. I know. Yeah.
1: I do. I do. And that's the thing about it is, but if I see somebody with You're looking for the
0: warning signs. You also are very polite, so you don't want to trample across what they want. I
1: don't don't want to. That's good. I'll tell you, we're going to figure out how to watch this Mavs game, right? That's right. We did this last time coming back from Arizona. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, we figured it out on the plane.
0: Yeah. What are you reading right now, Reg? I have a couple of books cracked
2: open. I have The accommodation. Uh, about kind of the history of the city of Dallas actually um Hmm. another one that I'm about to start reading is Ricky by uh Howard Bryant it's about Ricky Henderson I am I love Ricky Henderson as like as an idea and as a player but I want to get in and like actually know my history I want to know my facts so I can say that definitively Ricky Henderson is actually my favorite player for like good reasons other than just he just spoken to third person all the time it was fun fast
0: man i ricky was amazing he, he was a force of nature and the most exciting player to watch in baseball for a lot of my life and the great thing is like teams used to kept trading for him like right at the deadline so you'd get him at every playoffs <laughs> there it seemed like every time i turned around ricky henderson was back in the playoffs, just Thank taking bags yes sir there he goes reggie and kg the get right coming up next thanks to carter freeman and lucius thanks to Woolchuck and brought us chia follow back tomorrow Crack tomorrow eggs. at two you're going home with